0: Welcome to Dragon Talk.
1: Yay!
0: We are excited for the Dungeons & Dragons official podcast.
1: <laughs> Someone's very excited for the Dun- official Dungeons & Dragons podcast.
0: We gotta ramp it up,
1: gotta get it going. Ramp it up.
0: Gotta go in full steam. This is very exciting. I am Greg Tito, that is Shelley Mazenoble. and Hello. we are co-authors and co- <laughs> co-hosts.
1: And coho salmon. We're <laughs> shapeshifters.
0: <laughs> I want to be a <laughs> Do you though? No, not
1: really. Tough life. I feel like that is just not the life for me. I mean, you're always swimming upstream. Always going against the current.
0: <laughs> <laughs> going against the flow.
1: Come on, guys. And then all you do is die. It's just like I just want to tell you what's up and over that ladder. It's Nothing. not great.
0: No, it's not great. There's bears. Um, yeah, and at the end sea of the line, lions. There's people in Safeway uh, picking you out of the sushi.
1: <laughs> the nerve! The
0: nerve! Those. Picking
1: you out of the sushi. <laughs> like you gave your life yet. for this, and they're like, "Ew, salmon." <laughs> That's
0: what my daughters do anyway.
1: It's not for everyone.
0: They like the rice and the uh, and the soy sauce and the wasabi, but nothing really else.
1: Really, they'll do the wasabi, but not the salmon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Weird. They like the wasabi.
1: Um, Quinn likes to. Just pick everything out but the rice. I'm like, oh. I can actually just make you rice and make it much less complicated.
0: You know what Erin made the other day for we were making another dish and she's like, Oh, I'll make rice. And then she made sushi rice. I was like, This oh. is sticky and gross. This is not for for just general for regular consumption. eating. Yeah. I was like, it made everything like gummy and mm, she's like, mm, Yeah, not a good not a good choice.
1: I bet she really liked that you critiqued her dinner. <laughs>
0: That was one of her favorite things. Uh, That's maybe why she doesn't like playing Dungeons & Dragons uh, with me. (laughs) Because you critique. Do you say,
1: are you really going to cast that spell? (laughs) That's that's not what you do here.
0: Stinking cloud is real gross.
1: Yeah, gosh. You're going to stink up the whole room. The
0: whole But whatever.
1: Whatever. You know what? We could learn a thing or two about DMing from our guests today. That's
0: right. We've got Zach Clay. Coming in from the Bay Area, and
1: it is amazing all of the things he teaches kids uh, playing D anD D. And he's a professional dungeon master, which I still think is just the craziest profession of all. You're a professional, what? Right? Yeah. So fun. But he's great. I
0: I mean, that could be our jobs. You want to just do that?
1: I don't know. I'm quite at the level of demanding pay for this service yet. Well,
0: you're (laughs) volunteering. You're going to make it
1: all happen. I'm a volunteer. Yeah, so it's real timely that he's coming on today because he's very inspiring when it comes to starting after-school clubs and teaching kids how to play. And boy, do I have questions because my club is starting soon. I think like a month. I think we're almost in the one-month-away Oh gosh, what have I gotten myself oh, into? Oh gosh, don't, we? oh no,
0: she's, you're fine, you're going to do great, you're going to do awesome, because you've got a tutorial sesh coming up in this interview. We're going to learn from one of the best, uh, and get all that knowledge into your brain. <sighs> it's going to so be, be okay. You know, easy peasy, it'll be second. Okay. And, and then all you got to do is just channel Drunky Two-Shoes. Uh, when, right. When, when anybody says anything, just be like, Drunky shows up and and uh, 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 gives wait. you all
1: a drink no yeah wait
0: uh, hold on fourth graders yeah
1: fourth and fifth and yeah so when the kids see me on the blacktop at like pickup and drop off and they can be like hey drunkie <laughs> and their parents are gonna be like why'd you just call that lady a drunkie and, that's our dungeon master oh! and why do you
0: have your car keys when you're just running a D&D <laughs> session for our kids
1: we'll uh, tell you later <laughs> it's role playing <laughs> Method role-playing, though. you got to teach
0: both the D&D and how to be a DD. There to be you go. a designated driver. It's all about the skills.
1: All about, um, oh, well, yes. Zach will, I'm sure, put my mind at ease.
0: It will be amazing. Uh, it I will. Can't wait to hear more about it, and he uh, has such a great story of getting to know how to play Dungeons Dragons and getting to know me at a wonderful event called TwitchCon uh, about four years ago, which was amazing. It's around, actually, yeah, around now. I think it was November or October of 2018 uh, when that all went down, and I first
1: met him. It was meant to be, of course, for sure. Meant to be, and, yes. And
0: uh, he says nice things about our book. He's very excited about. Uh picking it up. Welcome to Dragon Talk is out in stores right now. You oh can grab gosh. it from your local bookstore. And if they don't yes. have it, you know, maybe ask them to order a few copies. Not just one for you, a few Definitely. other copies, and then put on the shelves and then let us know. And then we'll go to your bookstore and make sure it's on the end cops.
1: Yeah, we'll go merchandise it for yeah. them. Yeah. We'll help them. I'm sure that helps. But yeah, give your local indie some love and give us some love too. I think you'll be excited about um what you read inside as a listener. You'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember that interview. I didn't realize yeah. that it made such an impact on Greg and Shelley.
0: You were there when it all happened.
1: You were there. Yes. That's
0: true. Many of our longtime listeners will be like, oh, I remember that. I remember that. I remember that.
1: Yep. And maybe you'll be inspired to go back and listen to that interview. Or maybe you missed it and you're like, hey, actually, now I got some more great content to listen to.
0: Got to check it out. Um, yep and as I've said before, it is a great gift i think for folks who are d and d curious who want to know about the d and d community at large and all of the wonderful people who uh have found something profound about this game throughout their lives and uh give them you know maybe the inspiration to try it on their own i agree different it's different than getting giving them a starter set or a or a player's yeah. handbook to to go out this is more just like a yeah here here's what you need to know. About the context of the game and the community and how it was made, uh, before you jump in for your first game, if you were and, so inclined, it's like it's and, like reading the yeah. book of basketball or the uh, you know uh, uh, watching Ken Burns baseball. All sports metaphors I'm going to be thrown out. Yeah,
1: here. yeah. Or and like reading really heartfelt stories about people who just love baseball, and you're like, I didn't realize that person was a baseball fan. Right? Maybe maybe I should be a baseball fan too.
0: Well said. And you should be. And and I guess should. I should also be a fan of reality television. Eh, wait, mm, you don't have to apart.
1: go that far. we all falls go that apart far. when
0: you go that way. Well, we're excited uh, for folks to read it. Uh, let us know. We're on the Twitters. Um, if you have a copy, uh, what you think, we're all ears and very excited to see the impact on the community. Yes. And we shall now hear Zach Clay's impact on his Community in middle school and high school in his area, making Dungeons and Dragons uh, after-school clubs happen. Let's welcome Zach Clay to Dragon Dog. Yeah!
2: Yeah! Hello!
0: Excited to have you here.
1: Yes.
2: I'm excited to be here. It's it's great to meet up with you guys and and chat for a little bit. I know.
1: I know we've been talking about this moment, I feel like, for so long.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's been a long time coming. The video, the, I mean, even all the way back to me and Greg first meeting and all that stuff, too. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I I feel like that's a good starting point. But first, I I want everyone to know
0: what it is, uh, you do, uh, and, and, and how it's so exciting for bringing, uh, kids into playing D&D. Let's, let's, let, let's get the, la- that first and then we can find out where this all started.
2: Yeah, for sure. So, uh, hello everyone. I'm Zach. Um, <laughs> I, for, for many years, I was a, an school percussion instructor. So I taught drumlines uh, a bit like drumline, the movie, that old like 2000s movie with Nick Cannon. Um, and so mm-hmm. I taught high school and middle school drumlines, but, uh, then, after a long story of having some of my kids play D and because I never played it when I was in middle school and high school, they started a and club, and that's what I help to run now. And we just recently made a, a video, actually, about our high school and middle school D and D clubs uh, for wizards, and uh, essentially that's what I do. I'm a, I'm an after school volunteer. I'm working with these kids all the time, and essentially administering uh D, kind of going around to tables making sure students are not getting into too much trouble or if they are getting into trouble that they know how to get themselves out of it um ha. so <laughs> so yeah Important. that's uh that's my thing
0: that's amazing
2: and i love that it came from like being like a, a music
0: instructor to be like all right let's 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 meet the kids where they are what they're doing and the videos that you made even before we started working with you mm-hmm. were just amazing because it it showed kids like actively wanting to learn more. Uh, yeah, and something that like I think we knew, you know, anecdotally as well as 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 uh, hearing from some educators. But it's so nice to see it presented in such a like an awesome way.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty easy when I think in the school space. There's often times where they're in a classroom and oh, I have to go to math class. We're going to learn about you know. Uh, ax plus by and all that stuff today or we're going to go to history class and learn this but what i i guess i've found in the years that i've been running clubs is that it's sort of their after school time to be creative and be social it doesn't really feel like you know a a task at all for them it's they they show up and they can be themselves or really i guess be themselves in another character yeah. and it becomes a huge social time for them so yeah when i went in and I was like, Hey, can I just like get some like anecdotal recordings of, of you guys and, and what you are doing for our club fair? They were like, yeah. And then just like all the accounts of like, we were in a goblins village and we were doing this and uh, it's just, yeah, they, they are wonderful and great. And it luckily it hasn't changed even through COVID and, and all that stuff. So yeah, it's been a, a big thing for me.
1: It's amazing. And especially because at, you know, middle school age into high school, like there's so much of that self-expression and identity finding and searching for yourself that happens in, like playing Dungeons and Dragons can actually make that a little bit easier for you. It's much easier to try out a different persona when you're playing a dwarf
2: (laughs) as opposed to like...
1: Playing yourself
2: yeah there, there's been all sorts of examples I mean this the smallest being like, oh yeah, I'm gonna play what what is it like to play a barbarian when normally in class I'm a very like quiet, shy person, yeah. but here I am I'm gonna be the 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 Leroy Jenkins of the party. I'm gonna run <laughs> up and take out the uh, the enemies first and foremost, but I mean I've also had had students in middle school and in high school both that Um, you know, through playing the game used it as a method for them kind of like testing the waters of being uh, trans and Mm. like what maybe playing, although they identify as female, they present as male because they're still growing up and trying to figure that stuff out. But they play a character that's counter to how most people perceive them. And that's been a great way for them to kind of explore their identities. I mean, that's the whole that's the the far side of that, that spectrum as well. So yeah, it's, it's been really wonderful to kind of provide a space for them to test things out. And, and it's like I say, it's uh, high stakes problems in a low stakes environment. Like yeah. it's not every day you go around saving people's lives <laughs> and that's what you get to do in D and D. But um, then when it hits five o'clock, you head home and you go have dinner with mom and dad.
0: That's amazing. I, you know, always, I always I heard a quote the other day about uh, someone talking about the um, the Hollywood uh, com- commodity. Like, it's yeah. crazy what what we're actually selling is memories. We're we're, yeah. we're, we're selling you know, exactly. and that was back when movies were only shown in in, in cinema. That this person was saying it, I think it was like the forties or fifties. But yeah, but I thought about that with the context of Dungeons and Dragons, where that is that is exactly what we're selling. We're giving people this idea that you've had another. Life, another experience, yeah. another something, and they can hold onto that, and they can tell it to other people, and they can. It almost feels as if they actually did those things. But
2: yeah, hey. I'm, I'm sure you've heard also. There's uh, been the recent studies that the memories that we form when playing tabletop games and in storytelling are stored in the same place where our real memories are, and so yeah. they're in pretty much indistinguishable. You know, when we have those epic moments, taking down the big bad, or the the moments like. You know, Matt Mercer's infamous, how do you want to do this moments? Hmm. Those are real memories. Um, and you can really see that being made in, especially in middle schoolers and high schoolers at their age, when maybe they haven't experienced anything like that before. So yeah, that's uh, that's definitely real.
1: Yeah. And I want to make sure uh, for people who are listening that we, I think maybe over the summer, we put out this great video that you and your brother had worked on, which yeah. is it's it's on the, U- the DD the D YouTube channel and it's why you should start a D&D after school club. Yeah. And it shows your actual kids in yep. that club just like they're not acting. Doing their thing. Nope. They're just they were just doing their <laughs> thing. And yeah. I I I laugh every time I watch it because we actually have a, one kid who says, I really like all the math.
2: Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> who yeah, says he's that? He's great. <laughs> uh,
1: you know it's not a script because we would have been like, oh, yeah. no, no, that's not believable. <laughs> <I was> too <cutting laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's such an amazing video. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you just to go check it out. But w- when we were showing it around to other people in the – in the office. I'm not kidding when I say like it really brought emotions up for people and it felt like more so I love seeing people play D&D anyone playing D&D out in the wild, yeah. but there's something extra special about the way kids play it. Mm-hmm. It's just like unbridled. There's no filter. They're just yeah, existing in it and they they fully embody their characters, they fully embrace the story and just knowing what we know about adults who play D&D. It's like, <laughs> I already know you're going to be a great human. Look at yeah. all of these, this, this like little breeding ground for amazing humans. Yes, exactly.
2: <laughs> the, I think the really great thing about it as well is that especially in this age of technology and like I remember when I was in middle school, you were cool if you had a flip phone mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and you know, then there's my brother's generation and then the generation before that, but you know, all these kids, it, I was astonished when I was working more recently in the education system. And it's like all the middle schoolers, not high schoolers, but also middle schoolers, like they get their own like laptops that they take home that the school rents out to them, um, at least where where I'm at. And so they're inundated with technology. And I don't know, there's a lot of times where I'm coming in after school to help run the club and I'm walking against the the kind of school of fish swarm that is leaving the school. And a lot of kids are are just kind of by themselves or they're on their phones. I would have to say more than 50% are as they're leaving school, getting ready to go wherever they're going to go, go home, I guess. They're just staring at their phones. And so it's kind of this extreme juxtaposition when I then end up walking into this, you know, our our library or the, the room where our teacher hosts D&D. And we see kids with... Uh, no technology or if they do it's on D beyond or, or something uh. like that and they the purpose that they are there is to be with each other and i think it's even more than if they were like hey want to come hang out at my house because yeah they're you know hanging out or they're playing a video game or they're watching tiktoks together or whatever but when they're playing dnd there's a purpose and they're also hanging out like I don't know there it's, it's one of the only things that inspires them to collaborate about something that really matters to them. Yeah. That is also such a social thing. Um, So yeah, it's, I, I can tell it's definitely been a saving grace for a lot of these kids just to have a space where they can come in. And the purpose is to be with the people that they love.
1: Mm, I love that. Uh, so, anyway, I, I do <laughs> want to talk about how this all began for you. And I think there was like a fateful meeting over waffles or yeah. something
0: for the two of you. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, I was gonna say, like when you're talking about memories uh that, that like stay with you for a long time, I have a very strong memory of sitting next to you mm-hmm. at TwitchCon just watching uh yeah, some of yeah. the performers do their D and D thing there and us just like, you know, over the course of the weekend just meeting up a couple of mm-hmm. times and, and, and chatting here and there. And then like that just led to to all of this. That oh, was yeah. in, 2019, I yeah, want to say I think
2: 2018, 2018, think. which is yeah. crazy. That's four years ago, but yeah. <laughs> like
0: it's it's cemented in my brain forever.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I find myself thinking a lot about you know, especially we have all all these different forms of media that are now entering the into the idea of like multiverses, right? I, I find myself thinking about that kind of stuff a lot. Where it's like, if this never happened, how would any of this <laughs> have happened? Things like that. So yeah, for that, I. My brother and I had gone to uh, BlizzCon for many years. That was my convention experience, which of course is like Blizzard Entertainment, World of Warcraft, Overwatch. Um, And it was at that convention that actually they had a a voice acting competition. That's what ended up in allowing me to actually voice act for World of Warcraft and Overwatch. Once that happened, then was kind of a transitional point to go to TwitchCon and be like, oh, I'm familiar with the gaming space and... Kind of what's going on here i'd like to watch DD shows so i remember going to twitchcon 2018 by myself didn't know anyone in the DD space you know you all had kind of your own like booth where there were D and magic the gathering shows uh, going on all weekend and i remember going there and looking around like i don't know any of these people i'd recognize some of the people on the shows but i'm going to make an effort to try to like meet people or make connections or something so I remember sitting down. There was, I think uh Jeremy Crawford was leading like a Ravnica uh like game or something like that. I sat down and saw this guy next to me, and I was like, okay, here we go. Let's <laughs> let's figure out who this is, let's make connections. Let's, you know, maybe I can get his business card or something. I don't know. We'll see who <laughs> he is. So I sit down, talk, we talked for a little bit. Um, and I was like, oh, he works for Wizards. And you know, we were I was talking about how I run this D&D club and this was at the time when the club was actually pretty much brand new. And I had just started working with students like this. And then, you know, by the end of the conversation, the great conversation, just like talking about our experiences with D&D, come to find out I had just so happened to sit next to Greg Tito, <laughs> you know, one of the, oh. the senior people at, at Wizards. The um,
1: universe was yeah. definitely conspiring that day.
2: Exactly. And then uh, you guys have this, you know, wonderful uh, Wizards and Waffles breakfast at, at that event where... I it met more fine. people and made more connections. So I, I don't know. I just think of, uh, I mean, that's a great memory for me too, that that's ingrained in, but I don't well, know. Yeah. It, it's just strange how um, all these different coincidences or like, as Bob Ross would say, happy little accidents in life <laughs> that lead to strange things. You know, if that had never happened, I don't know if this video would have ever gotten made or, you know, some of the support that our club has actually received from you guys since. Um, so yeah, that I I always think about that and just like the strange little moments that that make up our history and bring us to where we are now. It's yeah. not that dissimilar
0: than uh adventurers meeting in a tavern. Uh Exactly. Sitting yeah. Around at a table. <laughs> and, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, you were do we forming do this, your party. This gig together? Do we want to do that? <laughs> uh it's yeah. pretty great. It's I mean it's in some ways how Shelly and I we we were on a panel together at PAX East. Yeah. I think pretty much by accident. I think I was like, Hey, I want to get a wizards of the coast person, and someone said, Hey oh. and then uh, I was hey. like, Oh, she's gonna be great and we hit it off there. And I think that is, mm-hmm. you know, it, yeah, going and back in time, we, conventions bring people together in these You guys have ways. a book
2: out together. Exactly.
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah.
1: Congrats on that, by the way. Happy little accident. Yeah.
2: It is our Bob little Rusk book baby, baby accident. It
1: <laughs> um this so honestly having you on the show right now is so timely uh mm-hmm. I'm sure you might have heard that yes. i am starting a d&d club yes so you guys what you don't know though breaking news is that registration opened on wednesday last okay. couple uh no last i'm sorry I don't, from- I, I don't know why i don't know why every day has been friday in my brain no it opened on monday today mm-hmm. is wednesday Uh, And that's for all of the after-school club activities. And they have really good ones. Fashion design, yoga, Japanese, chess. What
2: what grade level is this?
1: uh, Elementary school. Okay. But the D&D club is only open to fourth and fifth graders. Yeah. So, um, anyway, registration opened at 6 p.m.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: No joke, you guys. At 6.03, the D&D club was sold out
2: oh my god (laughs) and there is a
1: wait list
2: how how many
1: well we can only have because it's just bart and i and we have we have like a couple other dads that are like we'll we'll help like we'll do stuff but i they're not like gonna do dming Mm -hmm. every every week so we're only doing 10 kids so it it is a small group
2: that's
1: good um there was a glitch in the system for somebody that had a code and the mother was heartbroken that her daughter didn't get in so i'm like Okay, there's actually going to be 11 kids.
2: Shh, don't <laughs> don't
1: tell anyone. Nice. Yeah. But get this, half of them, and now actually maybe even more than half now, are girls. Great. Um, but get this also, the, the PTA is like, uh, can you, we need, like, parents are emailing. They want to know why this club is sold out. They want to know what they can do to get their kid in. Like, how do, <laughs> like, what do we... Bart and I are like, mm, feels like the palms are getting a little greasy yeah. over here. <laughs> like, yeah. like, even, even Quinn, our son, is like getting in on the action. He's like, so people mm-hmm. really want to get in this club? Huh? Like all of a sudden in his whole I'll trade mindset. I'll you a bag of
0: Doritos for a good <laughs> word with my mom. Know, he's
1: like, I can move you up on that wait list. Of-
0: <laughs> Do you have any talkies?
1: Single-handedly, this kid is now like, wait a minute. Yeah, people are like waiting in line to get into yeah. playing D anD. d And I can I do that literally last time,
2: anytime. <laughs> last time we were talking, it, it it sounded like he was a little hesitant to to, yeah. to join in. And then but he still I remember, is. yeah, we were like, "Well, just wait till you start it. He's he's going to come crawling."
1: Yes, <laughs> and it, it, oh, and yep. then so one of his really good friends this year, um, the mother, texted me mm-hmm. on Monday, and she was she doesn't know that we're starting the D club she doesn't i don't even yeah. think she knows where i work and she was like oh hey is quinn doing any of the enrichment activities henry's really interested in this dungeons and dragons
2: <laughs> <laughs> she didn't even like, know
1: she didn't know oh, it was like God. totally organic <laughs> like oh but now like just the thought that there are kids that are on this wait list mm-hmm. that didn't get in is like really hurting my heart like yeah I can't. We just can't. It's our first time doing it. We've never done this. We don't I'll know do what that. we're doing. I'll yeah. be s- I'll help. Well, what would you do with your own child? I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> they could deal with it. No, but in some, in some ways, I mean, I, I, I would love to do it. Because honestly, doing it to another school where I don't have the the yeah, ties is actually mm-hmm. might be Seriously? more easier for me. I think yeah. going in and doing yeah. it. Or at is, least different.
1: Different, right. Yeah. I get the the, new, yeah. <laughs> the most important question for you, Greg. Can you pass a background check?
0: Yes. <laughs> okay, you're I in. I've coached many times <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, for God. Parks and
2: Rec, so I've had um, to do that just recently. Yep. I had to do it, too. So.
1: We mm-hmm. Still will. Still
2: up to date, I have had to go through all the same stuff. <laughs> oh, my gosh.
1: I know. Like, yeah. is this DD and d Well, that gonna... is really
0: important when, when
2: uh, oh, yeah, you're yeah, doing no, for organizational sure. things with
0: kids. I mean, yes. I think that's a a really important it, it step and something that most, most people listening might not even realize. Yes. No, yeah.
1: no. There is a, a, a very uh, thorough vetting Process, of course. You can't just be like, but but the PTA knows me. No, yeah. no, 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 they don't. You need. I love you got a question mark yeah.
0: for me though, shelly Too. You were like, this is, <laughs> this is 50/50. But yeah. Man,
1: That's Bart that. is questionable. Okay, <laughs> and and remains to be seen. His paperwork is still you know going through we'll the process.
2: <laughs> I'm I'm actually going through a similar thing with with our club because we um we had when the club initially started, it was like. I mean, I, I, I've told the story all over the place of where like the creation of our club locally in our town and in, in the Bay Area was from me as a drumline instructor running D&D for f- some of my students. And then also just a student who was never a student of mine um, named Sadie, who mm. is like one of the main pieces in our video. Um, she played with some of my students and but she was never my student Basically, they all came together. They started a club, and the club was like 50 kids. Oh, wow. But it was a, a strange coincidence and blessing that of those 50 kids, there was a perfect amount of kids who somehow already had DMing experience. Oh, and nice. so for several years before COVID, the club basically ran uh, similar to what you might see in the video, where all these kids with experience DMing DMed for each other. And I just kind of sat back, and I was a an arbiter, for all the different groups and kind of came around, checked in, things like that. What me and uh, the, the teacher who helps to run the club are working through right now is at our middle school, COVID has kind of, you know, those kids who were DMs those years ago are now at the high school and they're doing great at the high school. They're continuing. But out now at the middle school, we have a whole new generation of kids who do not have any experience at all. And so our club right now is kind of thankfully much smaller. Like we have only at the middle school, maybe about a dozen, like up to 15, some kids show up one week or other weeks, you know, they, they get sick a lot or they, you know, forget or things like that. But what we've gotten to now is we've gotten to a point where we really needed to sit down and kind of like teach a whole new generation of kids how to play. Um, Which is strange. You would think that's how you have to start a club, but I was in a very lucky situation where all these kids kind of already had some experience and, and work with them. So I'm kind of in the same thing where I'm. we I was just there yesterday. Uh, is when our middle school meeting is, and so we have you know ten kids. Me and the teacher are splitting him in, into two groups, and um, we're working with them. I, I guess too, if I could already start to give you some advice.
1: Yes, um, please.
2: <laughs> it would be. And take this. I'm. This is learned from experience here it's very important to set some ground rules uh, from the start, which seems obvious. And, you know, there's the rules, obviously, of play when you're playing D&D, like, here's how rolling works. Here's how we make a character. But also set ground rules as far as, you know, the kind of things that we as adults do when we're having like a session zero kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we okay. talk about um, lines and veils, which generally I don't go over much with, with students. But in that same vein, though, uh, we had a very funny situation at the, the middle school where me and the teacher DM'd for the students for a while. And these students are mostly sixth graders, some seventh graders, almost none of them have experience. This is Their first time, these are like the formative moments that they're playing. Yeah. We run for them for a couple of weeks and we, you know, catch wind that some, some of them want to try DMing. So we look at each other and we're like, all right, sure. Let's, let's have you guys try DMing for each other. And so... As the weeks went on they kind of rotated out wrote DM for each other and I sat in on one of these games and uh, needless to say you know by the time they got to the end of the game they were like all right guys you finished your adventure let's all go to the tavern and get drunk and they were like yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I was there like oh no <laughs> <What>? <laughs> not also not to say that during the session you know the DMs like all right goblins run up to you all um, and you guys are fighting the goblins you and Fast forward a little bit. They defeat the goblins. And the DM's like, all right, what do you guys do? And they're like, let's enslave the goblins. And I'm there like, no. Oh, no. oh, no. no, 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 <laughs> no, no. They're like, let's start a dark cult and everything. And, wow. you know, <laughs> the last thing I want is, is some kid to go home. And mom's like, oh, hey, honey, how was d d Club? And they're like, it was great. We enslaved oh God. some goblins. <laughs> we got drunk at a tavern. And the I, the best thing I could do is be like, okay, look. We, it was their idea i didn't i didn't promote any of that but that all to say we've now gone back to running games for them that's a very realistic <laughs> okay a very realistic possibility when running for kids that i i also didn't really think of and again this is all just from their minds obviously you know the kids that i run for they're 12 years old so among them there's some that see D or at least a part of it like oh it's ways to you know uh, escape, do something and, they're, not allowed, do something do. they're yeah. not allowed to do, you know. Yeah,
1: they're not wrong so, in that regard.
2: Um, you're probably hopefully at the elementary school level, you'll get kids that are a little bit more innocent. I mean, remember, I was just talking about middle schoolers, which, as we've established, is a very you know, turbulent and uh, explorative age, but yeah, um, that all to say, yeah, maybe set some some ground rules. We we did that uh, a couple weeks ago now, and we the Best thing to do, actually, is Mm -hmm. maybe run a couple games for them. Have them get a few experiences at the table of, like, how it actually works. Right. And then there's probably already going to be things that come up that they didn't like. Like, oh, my my, I don't feel like my character's ideas were being listened to. Or I didn't like how this interaction was going. They're probably going to have ideas of rules that they want to set at the table. Okay. Like, when the DM is talking... Let's all be quiet and listen to the DM because I can't focus if, you know, Bill over here is talking. Um, And so what we did is we had them set rules first. We didn't talk about me and the teacher's rules at all yet. We just said, hey, guys, from your experience thus far, what are some rules that you want? I was actually very encouraged that the a kid raised his hand exuberantly. I called on him and I was like, okay, what's what's the rule you want to propose? He's like, no enslaving goblins. Oh, and everyone, right. Everyone was like, okay, okay. All right. Um, you know, <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, they, they, it's the kind of things that they have to learn on their own, I guess. Um, and they yeah. actually set a lot of rules, like when someone is speaking, you have to be quiet and listen to them. The DM has to be respectful of the players. The players have to be respectful of the DM. Those are all rules that they set for each other. And then at the end of all of that is when we brought in our rules as adults, like, okay, guys, no getting drunk in taverns, middle schoolers, no <laughs> no anything else, you know. Right. So um yeah. Yeah. I, just be clear, just be sure to do that.
1: <laughs> I was wondering because I have played D D with four of them, four mm-hmm. out of out of the eleven. Not a ton, like they're not going to be like, "Oh, I know every role, and I can d m they don't right. and and one of them includes my own kid um but i think i'm not I think most of them have never played before yeah. the mo- the majority of them are fourth graders there's two fifth graders out of the bunch, so I I don't want them to like show up. I'm like I'm super excited dungeons and dragons and then it's like some lady talking at them for 30 minutes like right. here's the rule. like I don't I'm not yeah, telling I them I don't want to tell them rules. Mm-hmm. I want to tell them this is a collaborative storytelling game and don't worry about the rules. You're going yep. to learn them as we play. Yep. I we're dungeon masters, you're heroes. And but like what else do you really tell them at like before they start playing? And I do think like the the session zero stuff is important. Like I do think it's like important to lay out though. Like if we're ever, you know, like you don't if you're not comfortable with something, don't yeah. we, we're not doing it. No questions asked. But like yep. again, like Bart and I are not going y-
2: yeah, but, but to be. Yeah, but again, like it, you know. but we
1: don't also know like what the players are going to bring into right. it. Right. Yeah. Could be a lot of burping and farting if you're at my, <laughs> my son's table, and maybe somebody's like, "Hey yeah. man, I'm squeamish. Hmm. I don't want to hear about that."
2: Yeah.
1: Um, um, yeah. So what do I tell them?
2: So, initially yeah that's always the hardest part is is starting you know yeah um so i i've i'm of the saying whenever i run D D for new people the best way to start is by beginning so <laughs> i would say i like that just uh, like i like i just mentioned you don't necessarily need to set all these ground rules beforehand you right. know i i told that story with the context that the way me and the teacher decided to run for them is we just threw them right into it. We ran yes. games, you know, and I had, love that. I love yeah. the
1: checking in after a couple weeks and Right. Yeah, exactly.
2: Good. That, that's a good, that would be my suggestion. Um, Cause and, they, need, they need some like understanding yeah. before they understand, because if of you course. start with rules right away, yes. they don't even know. Oh yeah. Yeah. On. Right. Yeah. Yep.
1: We're not going to do any of that. rule. I mean, I might tell them this is a D20 and you're going to
2: be oh, touching yeah. this
1: a lot. <laughs> yep.
2: And, uh, I'm assuming you're going to be using, you know, like the D and D after school club kit yes, or we are. One of the starter sets, things we like will, that. We right? will both,
1: yeah. So um, I'm using pre gens too. I'm not yes, doing. Yes, very doing helpful.
2: Any, yeah. yeah. The the character creation process, uh we because our middle school students have laptops and D and D Beyond is so convenient, we had them use D and D Beyond. But the problem we ran into there was if you have a laptop in front of a kid, it takes yeah. an incredible amount of willpower not to open up YouTube or some browser game. Yep. Um, so this past week after establishing our ground rules, we also went through the process of making characters by paper. Um, and they're getting really wow. involved too, like because they're actually taking the time. But when we started them a hundred percent pre-generated characters, they can, they can name them. They can detail them as much as they want within the lines of what's already there. and, and, Honestly, to start, I would just get them in there and whatever adventure you're going to run, whether it's a starter set adventure or anything like that, give them the character sheet, maybe explain just very briefly what a cleric is. Just like introduce them to the tropes of a barbarian or a cleric or a fighter. If they don't know them already, they already probably have an idea of what a, a fighter is, you know. Right. And then just start the story and... The be- I think the best way to have them learn is just by doing it. Um, okay. And you can explain the rules just along the way. put them in there. Exactly.
1: Because like I know me, like I'm like, oh, like, I don't want to like over prepare. Yeah. And I don't want them to just be like, all Dungeons and Dragons is, is some mom lady telling us <laughs> stuff. <laughs> no. And that's not. Yeah. So like the characters as well, because we're, we are going to use pre-gens. Mm-hmm. Do I let them... Too like I, I want them to have, feel like some connection yeah. to their character as opposed to like, well, you sat in this chair and there's a rogue oh, in yeah. front of you. Like,
2: no, no, you can double up. I mean, I'm in uh, here's some where some DMs and I might disagree. I'm of the proponent, you can have an entire party of rogues, right? You know, hmm. there's obviously going to be problems that you're going to run into, but that's the responsibility of both okay. the DMs and the player to be aware of. So, 100% let them choose what they want, and I would say, even. Have them double up. Um, I, I just ran a game um, for a friend's birthday on Sunday. And all, all adults, all from, you know, uh, kind of like Silicon Valley corporate area. And they, uh, I was using the starter set. And there's only five characters in the starter set. And there were six players. So the idea I came up with was, well, I have extra copies. There's going to have to be a someone who doubles up or a pair that doubles up. And use that not as like, oh, sorry, I only have five character sheets, but more as like, oh, the two people that double up, you can be twins.
1: Yes. So oh, my gosh. There's actually twin girls in, in my club. Yeah, there
2: you go. <laughs> or you can maybe be, they don't want to play as twins because they're they, yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll exactly. be like,
1: that's not fantasy. Yeah, that's yeah. real
2: life. So <laughs> you can tell like, oh, whoever the two the two characters are, which it could be two rogues, two fighters, whatever. You know, you you that gives you an easy excuse also for those two characters, those two players to now like be a little bit more friendly with each other, work on a tiny little backstory of like, oh, what are we? Are we, you know, clerics from the same temple? Right. Things like that. So yeah, don't be afraid of letting them choose, even doubling up. Okay. Um, because that also helps them understand the differences between two halfling rogues, which is important. They're not all the same.
1: You yeah. Know? So that was one of the other questions I had was so once we sit down we start playing like how do you how do they know each other do I let them come up with that story do I just say like oh you have found yourself on a boat and you're heading towards Stormwreck <laughs> Isle like, or yeah. like how do you how do you like get them sort of used to the idea of role playing and mm-hmm. and coming up with like some cool fun backstories
2: Yeah so uh one of the things that I did just recently, or I guess I have two things, is the starter set is great because it has characters whose backstories are intrinsically tied into the adventure already. They, yes. It actually has on the back of the character sheet, like the background that comes with the character and then a yep. the little paragraph that says, here's why you're going to Stormwreck Isle, right? Okay. Um, and at, an addition that I made when I just ran this game on Sunday was um, I gave them each a very cool magic item that was tied to their character first. So, for example, for the rogue, I made it a cloak of invisibility. You know, the classic, like, Harry Potter. Yes. For uh, the dwarven cleric, it was the magic item, the dwarven thrower, which is basically like Thor's hammer Mm. uh, kind of object. I basically came up with, like, these artifact magic heirlooms, And I said that someone on the island, which you could make the the dragon on the island, a character in the story, I invented a character, uh, has stolen these items from them and they need to get them back. So now they have an incentive of uh, something that they can attach themselves to, like, oh, I want to get my Cloak of Invisibility. So even if they don't understand anything about Stormwreck Isle or they don't know how to approach it, they can already enter the adventure knowing like, oh, I need to go find this. Dragon, or go talk to this elder Runara mm-hmm. so that she can help me figure out where my stolen object is, or something like that. So, maybe give them something immediately to to seek out and attach themselves to that gives them something intrinsic. Um, but
1: then, how do you find, like, at what point? Because I, I did something similar with when I tried to run the Witchlight Carnival, right. and everybody had an, an item stolen from them, and I realized. Cool story, but at <laughs> what point do I give them back their items? Like where is this cloak of invisibility then? Like how yeah. how would he get it
2: back? I would say you probably stash it somewhere right before like the big boss battle or something like that. Okay. Like or as as long as you feel it's necessary too. It doesn't have to be the same for each character. Mm-hmm. If you feel like there's players at your table who are a lot more invested and are easily involving themselves in the story maybe they get their item later so that you don't have to worry about it maybe they get it more quickly so right. that they can then focus their efforts on other things so
1: yeah
2: it's uh <laughs> another yeah it you have to go with the flow i guess
1: yeah but, just instinct um, yeah. Yeah. i could it's say uh, you
2: could use it as a good reward
0: too like if somebody does something that not not uh accomplishes something in the game necessarily, but does like sound like good role play, you mm-hmm. can use it like inspiration in a way too and be like, mm-hmm. all right, well, the fact that you did that, you know, you said that amazing speech spontaneously, uh, you know, the character's like, oh, by the way, I have your invisibility cloak that I've been, right, you know, hoarding this whole time or something like that. Or like, you know, do it like that to, to, to encourage the type of play that that's, you want at the table. That's a
1: great idea too. Yeah. Yeah, and I have to, I mean, like, they will not have seen their character sheets until they sit down. So there's... Mm-hmm. And also, like, they're kind of wordy for a, an, a nine-year-old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's I'm a little concerned about as well. And having that, like, okay, read your backstories. And then, yeah. like, <laughs> they're not going to do it. I'm just going to tell them, don't even, don't
2: look, even look at, at it, it until I until tell, you tell you to yeah.
1: to find a number or something. Exactly. So, yeah, I guess I was just, I'm trying to think, like, what's the best way to, like, help them bond? And, like, just get yeah. used to the idea of, like, oh, cool, like we're an adventuring party and, I mean, just the mm. fact that like they got into this highly sought after club <laughs> is kind of you know yeah, the first step yeah. in their quest. Like mm-hmm. you, have, you eleven students have all been, <laughs> yeah, very, you're very lucky to be part of this. But I don't know if like am I, should I be the quest giver and send them on their way and just come up with a? I know there's a reason why they go to Stormwreck. It is right. literally built into the adventure, and I just can't think of what it is right now. Yeah,
2: <laughs> you, exactly. You it. Oh, sorry. Oh. I I was going to say just quickly, uh, another thing is, I guess, something that would help is to put in an NPC that sort of aligns with their perspective. For me, traditionally, it's almost like an OC of mine that I keep inserting into adventures is this talking bag of holding uh, named Satchel. And so (laughs) uh, they always... I always just bring up if I need a funny character and he he talks like this all right look uh I know you're looking for items let me show you what I do and he oh. you know he opens up his 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 mouth and you know they see the bottomless steps within he's like adventurers have stored all sorts of stuff in me over the years so if you ever need anything or wanted a little bit of advice just let me know
1: oh and so
2: they kind of carry him around and if there's ever a situation where they maybe there's a bit of like party dissension or like stuff's going on. Things are getting derailed. You could, uh, you know, bring up a character like Satchel or something like that. I I guess another way, because you mentioned the quest giver Mm -hmm. is you could almost have like a, I don't know, like a, a, a cool suave, like caretaker kind of character, like a, I mean, there's multiple ways to play it out, but almost like a, a grandma that's like, oh, hell, you're, you're all adventurous. <laughs> what excites you the most about going to a place like this? And you kind of take a moment to I love hear, from that. Them, hear from them, like what they're excited about as playing, but it's in character. Mm. Um, And that's then cool. that gives you perfect notes of what they want. Um,
1: <gasps> I love and it. And you can
2: go from there. So I don't know. Yeah, I think. Part of it that also introduces them to the aspect of like role playing. Something also too that I bring up is when I the first time I speak in character, like if I'm that grandma character, like what excites you the most? And then I immediately say you could respond by saying my character says that she's excited about uh, going to the temp- temple of Bahamut, or you could speak in a voice like the, the grandma does and reply in character. I give them the option, and most of the time actually they reply in character. Simply because it's kind of what your mind wants to do when someone is speaking to you directly, you reply directly. So um, that introduces them to role playing too. But yeah, yeah. So that's that's a cool
1: idea because there's a prelude adventure that's included in the after school Mm -hmm. kit where, like, you're literally on the boat heading Mm -hmm. to Stormwreck Isle. So Right. They could they could meet somebody on the boat that is yeah. that, that person that's like, Who are you? Where are you coming from? Why are you going? Yep. Why are you going to Stormwreck? Oh, why are yeah. you going? Why are you going? What's and yeah, you I, I love it. can definitely also
2: like give, give that character. Uh, there's totally different ways to do it. I mean, the, everyone's going to be d- driven by something different. You know, there's some players at the table that are going to love that sort of grandma caretaker kind of character who wants to hear what they got going on. There's other players that would be really. Excited to meet like a really kind of badass, you know, Mm -hmm. soldier with a giant flaming sword. They'd be like, oh, how do I get something like that? So you might have to create something that you feel is as universal as possible. Give them something cool that makes the characters be like, oh, can I get something like that? Or maybe you'll reward us or or, I don't know. So, yeah. Yes. It's
1: like, and it's, but it's so, it's such good advice in that, like, if they're not getting, like, when they're new and they don't really mm-hmm. know what to do, just create that character that yeah. tells them what to <laughs> yeah, do. Exactly. Like it's, it's not the mom lady telling you, it's this talking bag of holding or yeah. the old lady <laughs> or like a cute little tabaxi that's just right. like, I'm a kitty cat person mm-hmm. and boy oh boy, it sure looks like there's a scary mermaid looking monster <laughs> out there that maybe you guys might want to turn around and fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is fun! It's no wonder, Zach, that you are a professional dungeon yes. master. Yes, yeah. Which is kind of wackadoo all in itself. Is that? Oh yeah, a professional dungeon master.
2: Yeah, that's uh, it's, it's been very strange, very cool. I the the part I, I'm always so nervous beforehand when I when people you know I get clients and whether it's for a party or get together or whatever and you know, I, I've done several uh, very nerdy bachelor's parties, oh, <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> but um yeah, it, it, the nerves are always right beforehand. Like, am I, do I know how to do this? Do I know how to do this? But then the moment I sit down, I it just, the presence of being at the table and bouncing off of people's imaginations Uh, by the end of that, I'm like, wow, this is my job. I just got paid to do that. That's, oh, uh, it's that's so really cool. cool. Yeah. So
1: how do so do people people hire you your from your website I think yeah yeah think. Um, on
2: my website you can find all the information about uh, booking me whether that's a, a lot of my professional DMing that I do is you know through Zoom or Discord it's all it can be all virtual uh, with a virtual tabletop music sound effects I mean I've talked about I'm a musician and so I actually compose some music specifically for the sessions that I run and the adventures I run but then I also uh, do D in person so if you happen to be in the san francisco bay area and you're looking for someone to run uh D professionally for you coming with pre-generated characters music um i i used the really nice D tarot cards recently as part of an adventure i ran those nice. were great
1: oh yeah those are beautiful
2: and uh yeah and, and you have a shared campaign world now too how is that
0: how does that yeah, work yeah
2: yeah so the the One of the problems that I've run into when you have a, especially as a professional DM, and if there's any pro DMs that are listening, we'll probably relate is if you have a group of clients, you know, a a group of six, and you're running a campaign, it's supposed to be every Friday night or something. And you get, you know, three people that show up, you can't really run a game. Um, You know, you're perhaps if you weren't getting paid or if the story was right, but... um, it becomes hard when you have a consistent schedule to keep and things like that. So what I've actually done is something similar to a, a West Marches style campaign setting where essentially uh, a player can subscribe and the world will be continually the same. And I run it on multiple, day, multiple days, essentially. And it's almost kind of got this, um, you know, Souls-like Elden Ring kind of vibe to it where you go out, you explore, there's dungeons, there's things like that. Um, there's a hex map. And in the West March's style, I'm the only one that ever sees the hex map. So they just choose a direction and the players actually have to take the notes on where they're going, what they're doing. Um, So, yeah, in quarter one of 2023, I'm basically releasing this sort of shared campaign world where um, you subscribe for the month. And then if you happen to be someone who really likes to go on Friday nights, you can. But if you happen to miss a night, you can go on Tuesdays and it's the same world. You can play the same character and go out and explore a different part of that same world. So, uh, yeah, that's something that I'm working on. Which also, out of character, is a, a big solution to the what can happen with campaigns as they fall apart. You know, every mm-hmm. single Friday, if if you can't make Fridays, then that's it. You know, so um, so yeah, that's something else I'm working on.
0: Well, I'm maybe I'm not understanding. So, if someone, if that situation that you said where half the players don't show up, what do, what do you, you just you have a pe- bank of other players who could who could come in
2: yeah uh, essentially yeah so it's almost like there's several uh days where you could let's say you have a a regular friday game where you like to show up and it's in this this shared world if you can't for some reason make it to the friday game if i was running something like our traditional you know ice windale or something like that you can't show up on tuesday night's game it's going to be an entirely different you know campaign that's when i'm running you know Uh, call of the nether deep or something like that right but in this shared world essentially the purpose of it and it's kind of a homebrew setting is you're going out and exploring the same world and perhaps the expeditions or the the hexes that you choose each week are different but you always end up back at home base and so a person who's normally at the friday game and uh, sure they might be exploring a specific direction there can then show up on Tuesday if they need to in the same world, explore in a different direction, but still make progress on the same character. So it's almost like every day that it's happening is Icewind Dale, but each different arc or each different point they go out to, it might be with a different group of players, but they're still playing Icewind Dale every week, if that makes sense.
0: Neat. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's a yeah, way to keep people
2: being like, all right, I've got
0: these, you know, three or four set days during exactly. the week, and then show up when you can, and that way, that means it's almost almost must create demand in a yeah. way, right? Because yeah. I, I'm sure you can't run it for for 15 people, so there has yeah, to be exactly. a, a cap, right? So I'd be like, oh, six people are here, we're starting. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can't make, you know, if you didn't make it in, come on Tuesday, <laughs> exactly. come on Tuesday, and yep. you can get in. Yeah, that's so cool. cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's great for for you as a you know as a you won't lose any revenue. By yeah, doing it. exactly.
2: Yeah, too. Yeah, that's uh, that's been one of the biggest things too. And, and something else, uh, uh, as we kind of finish up here, is the when it comes to running games for kids. One more bit of advice yes, I, I would give, it, Shelley. Something keep that's, it coming. That's come up is uh, I think last time that we were together, I told the story of how I had this uh, group of students. And there was a kobold skeleton that had joined the party that mm. some of the players really loved, and then another player wanted to kill it, oh. and the other players didn't uh, intervene. And there was this big moment where they talked about, you know, taking responsibility and like stepping in when when wrongdoing is happening. Um, so you'll probably run into situations where players don't necessarily understand yet. Some players might not understand that d and is this more collaborative game. You're supposed to stick together. You know, there's the mantra of never split the party just because it makes it so difficult to do things and makes it more risky for characters. But you're going to run into situations where that's going to happen or they encounter a character and the half the party is like, great, this is, character's awesome. And then one player is like, I want to kill this person. Uh, the, you have to judge moments like that very carefully of like, sometimes you put your foot down and say, "Look." we don't just kill innocent people we don't you know go steal from people for no reason on other hands though if you feel like the other players at the table can step up or have enough experience that they can actually like take a moment for themselves to step in and do what's right that can be a huge learning moment for them so for me it's it's this delicate dance of tough love i guess where sometimes if a player is about to make a what you might perceive as a mistake or, um, you know, go off by themselves without telling the party, or they're going to, uh, try to keep something for themselves. What I like to think of is when you're running games for kids, they are going to be adults one day and they have to, there's going to be a series of lessons that they're going to learn about when someone, they see someone doing something wrong, stepping in and trying to help. And you can take a moment to actually like have that conversation with them of like, Hey, you see, this character is going off by himself in a dangerous place, or this character is trying to steal something from an NPC that you guys all like, what are you going to do? You know? Mm-hmm. So there's going to be hard moments where as an adult, it's going to be difficult to balance whether you step in and be the adult or you let things happen, you know? Or so, you can be the the talking, right? Yeah. The talking uh, right. bag. Yeah, the talking bag Satchel. So it's yeah. not, Make Satchel yeah, be exactly. the one to
1: discipline them.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I yeah, don't yeah, like working with adventurers like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a real
0: shitty thing to do, kid.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you? Exactly. Know, I mean,
0: this might be you know a, a bigger question than we can tackle right here. But have you seen the results of that? Like where some kid uh, sticks up for oh, yeah. another uh, while th- being hmm. bullied or or, or having uh, oh, something yeah. like that happen, where yeah. like they may not have before because they didn't have that lesson in in, yeah. in, a, in a DVD setting.
2: There was one time when I um walked up to a table, and this is even in one of the the, the first videos that I that we had made of the, the students. I was just going around, checking in on tables. There were like five groups of kids all running for each other. And I tune out from one table, and I turn to another and start walking towards them. And the first thing I hear is one of the players saying to the DM, who the DM is obviously embodying some character. The player says to that character, you can't be racist to tieflings and i'm like what even happened here but obviously <laughs> they had arrived at some point where i mean like how how i guess great is that like they're talk about again like high stakes in a low stakes environment yeah so i've had situations where they do that i've had a, a player who every single week always went off by himself and never told the party where he was going Ugh. and i in my head i was like Eventually, this is going to be, I mean, it's already a problem now, but eventually it sh- it's going to be a problem. So I actually, I had a scenario where a, uh, an NPC came up to them and said, oh, I'd love to sell you this rare magic item. The party didn't seem that interested, but that one character who loves to go off by himself seemed interested. Huh. The party all were like, okay, we're going to go back to the inn and get some rest. That one character is like, I sneak away. And I'm like, okay. And he sneaks away, doesn't tell the party. This is like the sixth time it's happened. He's like, I go to find that merchant. And I'm like, okay, you go in. And it was incredibly difficult for me. But I had a scenario where he got ambushed. That merchant was lying to him
1: oh, and lying to the party. Dang. And essentially,
2: he, if the party had been there, he would have been totally fine. Those, you know, the, the little brigands and bandits that they had there were nothing. But he was by himself. And so, oh of God. course, I did not kill his character. I didn't do anything. It was completely reversible. Um, and essentially, he was knocked unconscious. He was a ranger who had uh, a bee swarm, like a beehive as his pet. And yes. so his bees, he, which I let him control, buzzed off to the inn to tell the party that he had been ambushed and captured. Oh. And so the party was then like, oh, my God, ran to go capture him. And we had this crazy awesome dramatic moment where not only did he learn the lesson finally of like i can't do everything by myself i have to rely on friends um and then the friends also realized how much they need him too and like what Mm -hmm. they were missing from him in that fight
1: oh life
2: lessons yeah that was uh, like i was saying it a real example of kind of that tough love of like sometimes if a mistake keeps happening of course there were times where people suggested like hey you probably should stick with your group things like that but yeah sometimes you know as humans we learn by making mistakes and by failing so very that's important. the hard part of being an adult but very very true yeah. wow oh. i feel like you're about
0: to give all of these life lessons to all these kids shall we? <laughs>
1: It's going to change their lives. I just <laughs> I just like being part of their origin story one day. They're going to be right, like, yeah. mm, this nice mom lady taught me how to play every day yes. after school. Or every Friday after school when I was in fourth grade.
0: <laughs> just like a chance meeting at TwitchCon can change yes,
1: their
2: lives. Exactly. Yes, it yep. can.
1: See, that's also a lesson. You never know who it is you're sitting next to. So oh, yeah. maybe just, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Turn around and say hello. Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> Zach, I feel like uh, Shelly and I would ask you thousands of more questions so about many. how to do this. And we will in the future, I'm sure, uh, as we get into this. But if folks want to hire you uh, to do digital DM or or uh, mm-hmm. in person in the Bay Area, what's, you mentioned your website. What What is the website?
2: Yeah, of course. Uh, so my website is www.zachclay.com. And that's Z-A-C-C-L-A-Y. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Midday Clay, as long as Twitter's still a thing, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and still then uh, I also stream like D&D related things on Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash Zach Clay. Um, and yeah, that's where you can find all my stuff.
0: Exciting. You
2: amazing. are
1: an amazing resource. Amazing Thank friend. We are very excited to know you and, for, and all, for all the things that are coming up.
2: Congrats on the book again. Can't Aww. wait to hear. it. Thank awesome you. all right well thanks
0: zach talk to you soon thank you now i want to join a drumline club too
1: he is a teacher of many great things i know i love that he
0: incorporates music in his play as a professional dm that's so important and super fun to do um i love doing that whenever i can but it's 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 not easy especially if you're not a musical person
1: no god i don't even attempt it but guess I, his voices were also really good. <laughs> I know. Those were good. And I might have to steal Satchel, the talking bag of holding.
0: That was really cool. Yeah, I love it's that. That's a really good idea. That was an easy one to drop into for sure. It reminded me of some I mean, uh, things I did when I was running one on one, the Essentials kit with those characters, those. Uh, um, the
1: sidekicks. The sidekicks.
0: I, I used those exactly the way he was saying, where, you know, if my could do that too. girls didn't know what to do. The other adventurers would give ideas in their own way.
1: That's a really good idea. I could bring oh my gosh, I could use the one that's made after Quinn.
0: Da. Quinn
1: High Topple.
0: Gut punch. No, wait. What was the nut puncher, the goblin was also based on Quinn
1: Yes. Too, right. That's yes. Quinn 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 High Topple. Yeah. Because he groin punched people and toppled them down. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a I good idea. Might oh be
0: yeah! Don't don't do it in Tw- Quinn's group. That's what I. It, it might I know, I'm break the fourth that, wall too much.
1: If that would make the, him uh, be like, oh, "Come on, man, really?" All right, <laughs> I don't know. I already told Bart he has to take Quinn. I can't handle him.
0: And I'm in. If you need, if you need a, a, another yeah. master, I'm ready.
1: Wait, what?
0: Tag me in, Coach. For
1: but like you could do all of the weeks. Like we well, need.
0: I mean, yeah, we'll have to work out the the logistics, but I can do it. I think that'd be fun.
1: Um. We'll talk. We'll, we'll talk. talk. <laughs>
0: okay. This just turned into a meeting. We're just going to have to meet about this.
1: This could be amazing though. <laughs> I mean, be I, fun. I I do I throughout all of my insecurity and fear and anxiety about starting this club, my heart is full knowing that there were so many people that wanted to join it. And So cool. They don't even like I don't know them. Some of them I know, them. but they're just like hey, does this club sound fun? And the kid's like, hell yeah, sign me up, mom. Oh, 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 I love it so much. Oh, And I will say, yes. I know uh, one of the kids that did sign up is a kid that I have just seen and thought, God, that kid is so freaking cute. I bet he plays D&D. If I didn't
2: what?
1: know. He plays D&D, everyone. He plays D&D. Or he's about to because <laughs> cute kids play D&D. But don't, don't you feel Maybe like you sometimes have a type, you can... Maybe I have a type. He is adorable and like, yeah, you're a D&D guy. Um, so you can just spot him, can't you?
0: Yeah, sometimes you can. You really can. If they're cracking open a book and, and reading some fantasy, you're yeah. like, okay, yeah, you're in.
1: He looks studious. He mm-hmm. looks kind. He's adorable.
0: Yeah, but it's all, so. all kinds of people play D&D. They don't have to be that type, but usually I, at that oh. age you can... You can, you can uh, I feel
1: like I can spot him.
0: Spot him pretty easily.
1: So excited. Um, And anyway, I am very open to advice. So anyone listening, if you have played with like in a club setting with brand new kids and you've got some tips on how to get them started, I'm still a little bit worried about that first session. Like either I'm going to end up talking the whole time and they're going to be like, boring. Or uh, and I'll have like three kids show up for the next session. Yeah. Um, or, or I've just completely like overwhelmed them. And they're like, I, I'd rather do core, common core mass. Bye.
0: Neither of those things are going to happen.
1: Thanks, Greg.
0: They are going to be like, wait, I want to go left. And then they're like, all right, club over. That's it. We don't know what club. I don't know what, I don't know what's left. So <laughs> I only know what's right.
1: Please just turn right. Turn right. No, I know how to handle that now. All good.
0: Yeah, you're like, I've learned one lesson in my DMing.
1: I got it now.
0: You got it. I got it. Well, if people do have any advice and want to get in touch with you, how can they, Shelley?
1: Oh, good point. Find me at Shelly Moo on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can... Come to my website, com. You can send me an email there if you want, whatever you prefer.
0: Excellent. I am at Greg Tito on Twitter for now, uh, at Greg underscore Tito for Instagram, at Greg Tito on Hive Social, but I'm not sure if that's working anymore either. Oh. what? Find us on all those places. I also do have a, a website, but it just goes to a a very tiny page right now of GregTito.com. It just has an about oh my me God. thing happening there. I'm um, going to it right now. We shall find out more about everything that's happening now with Drunky Tissues. Oh, yeah. As she has uh, encountered a dashing tabaxi healer in the House of Convalescence in the Radiant Citadel. And... You rolled a fantastic Persuasion roll and got yes, him on I board. Yes, I did. Um, and Heck he's like, yeah. all right, well, my shift is almost done. Uh, I'd, I'd love to go with you.
1: Okay, I guess I here know, we go. I don't, I don't really know hang out
0: with the... too many Tabaxis, but I have heard from from other patients of mine that they had seen one, um, and they have a they have a small house. They kind of live by their own uh, by themselves, um, kind of on the on the on the southern side of the Radiant Citadel, near the near the Court of Whispers.
1: Oh, I don't know anything about this place at all. But let's maybe we start with them.
0: Okay, I can I can take you there. Maybe we can ask around and 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 find them.
1: And maybe we could get a drink.
0: <laughs> That's true. We were uh, going to get some libations.
1: Yeah, I'll I'm... buy you a drunky two shoes. <laughs> it's very tasty.
0: <laughs> oh, a tall glass of uh of, of you is that is that what you're
1: trying to i mean me? i've been called worse <laughs> <laughs>
0: well uh let's let us walk uh, and so he he leads you out of the house of convalescence and he says uh you know as he does he says goodbye to a few of the uh, patients that have been there, and they're all very smiley and very warm uh hmm. whenever uh he he greets them uh, and even a few of the other workers there kind of you know, do a little bit of a, a smile and 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 say
1: bye, see you later.
0: Okay, um, as, like, as as he's leaving, he's very popular
1: there. He's, I'm sorry, was he a tabaxi too? He's a tabaxi. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, nice.
0: I forget his name, but he's a tabaxi.
1: <laughs> oh shoot, uh, Jonathan. <laughs> I don't know, but that's what Drunky calls him.
0: Okay. And he's like, this must be something that you do (laughs) on your world where you just call uh, uh, everyone you meet Jonathan.
1: Mm, Not everyone. Oh, that's nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is your first time here, you said? And he's he's walking uh, down the trade discal, the large uh, street uh, that is lined with um, Sauls and and other merchants.
1: Yes. uh, I was in Waterdeep. Stopped a, a plot of doppelganger action there. And the uh, uh, Lady of Waterdeep, I don't know if you've noticed this, but Drunky doesn't have a good memory. <laughs> so she just tries. Lady of Waterdeep said that I should come here. She just like sent me here because I'm, you know, searching for my brother. And after she did like a little trance out thing, she felt like he was here somewhere. That's mm-hmm. why I'm here. And I and I just got sent here. I didn't come through the, I I guess I didn't follow the entry protocol, and and I almost got in a little bit of trouble. But Shola hooked me up.
0: I understand, Uh, and uh, well, I'm I'm happy to show you around. Let me know if you have any questions. Uh, I've been here, uh, you know, all my life.
1: Yeah. So, what is this place? It's kind of weird it
0: is uh i don't know much about but y- where you come from this deep of waters uh that you are talking about, but i know that this place uh the people that i meet who are new um are 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 struck by its its beauty uh and its um overall way of running
1: it is quite beautiful
0: yes uh there's there's always a helping hand here as i uh have found work in the house of convalescence that just kind of fell into it once I uh, fell and, and injured myself I broke my, my leg and oh. uh, I went to the house of convalescence um, uh, at the insistence of, of some of my neighbors and they healed me and were so kind that I was called to, to want to do that all the time and uh, and it's become my my chosen vocation
1: that's amazing But don't you think it's weird that you're the only tabaxi here?
0: Oh, there's not many. That is true. Um, Some of the older folks I I get talking to uh, tell stories of uh, other civilizations that used to be connected uh, to this Radiant Citadel through the uh, large gems that transport people between worlds. Uh, There used to be a lot more worlds connected to it. And... One of them apparently it has something to do with with our people.
1: Yeah, I feel like that must be where my brother is.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Well, well, I guess we'll have to find out. That seems like a a a, a noble task.
1: Are are uh, Tabaxi treated well in this place?
0: Everyone is treated well here. Okay. Uh, it seems different from many other. Of the places people describe where uh, kindness and uh, the understanding that working together is uh, for the greater good is is, is part of the the bones of this place.
1: Mm, Nice. Wonderful.
0: And uh, you guys, when walking and talking and you stop, um, you you start to see the sign for uh, Drunky Two-Shoes, the establishment that you first saw when you got here. And you're actually right near the place where you first popped here.
1: Oh, look, here's my bar.
0: This is this is your bar?
1: Named after me.
0: That's fascinating. How did that come about?
1: I still don't really know. But apparently the owner is my brother or somebody who has his name.
0: Hmm. Um, well I I, I have to admit I am a bit thirsty. And he Let's looks go. at you. He looks at you and raises his eyebrows.
1: Let's go. Bottoms <laughs> right, up, Jonathan.
0: All right. Well, they walk in to Drucky Two-Shoes, and we shall uh, pick it up there with the bartender. It's like, you again? Can't get enough, can you? Cannot. <laughs> Maybe that's why they named the place after you, huh?
1: Maybe. We'll find out.
0: And we'll see how that goes there, as behind you, Duh! you I, like you walk in, you're kind of having this exchange with the bartender, and then you hear a bloop and a figure appears almost in the exact same spot that you appeared when you what first appeared on the radiant citadel.
1: Jonathan, look.
0: <gasps> what is that?
1: I don't I don't know.
0: We'll find out next time.
1: Come on. <laughs>